everybody, welcome to Crypto Ramble. I'm Desiree. I'm speaking today with Nathaniel, who works with Dash Nigeria. He just wanted us to talk because um, he had seen some of my content and we've been messaging back and forth a bit. And he wanted to talk about Dash and maybe educate me on some things. And we're also going to be having a special guest join us at some point during this conversation, uh, whose name is James, who is a cryptographic researcher. So this is Nathaniel, and I'll have him also say hi to you because I, I like the guests to introduce themselves in their own way as well. Okay, so my name is Nathaniel Lewis, and I lead the activities of Dash Nigeria. Dash Nigeria is one of the organizations under the Dash DAO, that's a decentralized autonomous organization. So we promote the use and adoption in Nigeria and beyond, saying the fact that uh, the initial purpose of cryptocurrency has already been deleted from by Bitcoin and almost every other coin because the initial purpose is for us to be able to use it. So if we cannot use crypto for daily activities, if we cannot use it for micropayment, it's no longer crypto. And most of the crypto space have already shifted from that. And that's what we're correcting. We're going back to the original vision of being digital cash. Can you say the last bit again, going back to what? Digital original vision of being digital cash, digital cash. Okay, so you're saying, yes, you're saying that Dash um, allows you to accept micropayments. I heard that and goes back to the original reason for crypto, which Bitcoin doesn't. Yes, that's right. Okay, so what exactly did you want to discuss with me? Okay, um, so first of all, um, a friend of mine who is going to be coming into the call um, discovered your content. So we decided to go to your website. We downloaded your book, the book of bought it. I went to it. I first of all saw that um, quite a number of things on the privacy coin were not correct. You understand? So we felt, oh, we needed to reach out to the author to say, hey, you didn't get this aspect right about Dash. You need to get this aspect right. I also felt, okay, since you've got a platform, we could talk more about that. I mean, Let's get to know um, about the privacy coins. There's been really um, lots of opinions out there, but most of the opinions are actually biased. Most of the opinions are actually one-sided. So can we get to talk about the privacy aspect? And can we also get to talk about a coin which is not only fulfilling privacy? Because privacy is not the only thing that has to be fulfilled. It's not the only reason why we have cryptocurrencies. It is one of the reasons. So and can we also talk about the coin that is fulfilling privacy and fulfilling every other thing, which has been ignored by mainstream crypto media for quite a long time. So we decided to reach out. And just cool, we found out that um, around that period, you already had Joel Valenzuela on the call, who um, lives off crypto, I mean, who lives off Dash in New Hampshire, not been that for um, a couple of years. And that's a living testament to how someone lives off Dash. I, I don't know if people who live on Bitcoin or any other coin, but we have to have talk on Dash the privacy aspect in comparison with other coins and basically the global adoption of Dash. What I think I heard you say was um, there were some issues with the work that I had written about Dash, in your opinion, in my book. I think that's what you were saying. So you wanted to talk about that. And then you also wanted to talk about, I have a book on, it's called The Privacy Coin Guide and it just does a, goes through a summary of uh, privacy coins you can get it if you go to cryptoramble.com um, slash guide and it's also on Amazon and so there is some contention with uh, Nathaniel and uh, I guess James is going to come on about what I have written down um, about Dash and then you also just wanted to talk about Dash adoption I think you were mentioning Dash adoption in New Hampshire and it being used and just about privacy in general and whether or not uh, other coins are fulfilling the promise of privacy. So I think that's about what I heard you just say. Yes, so you're right. Well, that's global adoption. And um, um, where do you want to start, to start from? Adoption, I mean, the features of Dash or the privacy. Where do you want to start from today? I think we should start with whatever you said you took issue with in my book. Um, I did like just flip through the book. I mean, the book isn't really about Dash or going into any coin in detail. It's more about um, going through the privacy technologies that different coins use. And they talk about how Dash implements uh, coin join technology and how I, I think that it's inferior to other privacy technologies because even though it provides sender and receiver privacy because it's using coin join, you can, you can actually calculate the transaction amounts. And I also talk about the centralization of Dash. Um, 
because the way they're one the way the the coin was created in terms of i don't really go into detail about it but i do mention the way the coin was created um there was a pre-mine and there's a video with someone on youtube it's called is that a scam that kind of goes into details of that however in my book i also stress that whether or not you care about things that centralization, centralization is up to you because at the end of the day it's whether or not the coin is private um and then i also mentioned that the master nodes require like a it's like a certain form of centralization but most coins have that so i don't really think the centralization thing would be an issue just because i i very specifically say that how you feel about that is kind of up to you that's what i say in the book but i do think that there are other privacy coins that are better in terms of providing actual privacy than dash because of the coin join is one of, was one of the first ways of achieving privacy in a privacy coin and now there are better ways of doing that where you can't tra um, calculate the transaction amounts um and um something else too is that I don't mention this in my book, but I do think that adoption is very important. And I do admire that Dash is doing that, even though I think that there are better privacy solutions out there personally. So that's what I think. And you can go ahead to tell me how you disagree with that or if you understood something differently from what I wrote. There was no free mining in Dash. Mm -hmm. What people refer to is the instant mining. And the instant mining is officially known several amount of coins remained at the initial stage. And what happened is, Dash is a fork of Litecoin. So that bug was more like a carryover. The bug in Dash that caused the instant mining was a carryover from Litecoin. And um, if you follow the crypto space and very well, a few weeks ago on Twitter, and people had to call out um, Charlie Lee, the founder of Litecoin, we will have to delete his tweet even on this issue because they had to make it known to him that, hey, man, that bug was actually Litecoin. So that actually fucked off Litecoin and continued, and that bug generated an instant mine. And quite a couple of coins, I mean, quite a lot of coins were mined then, but um, quite insignificant in terms of the total supply. And I want to say this that when that started, there was no master node. Um, and the master node is a system in which you um, have a thousand dash, you get boosted. It's not really proof of stake. A lot of people mistake it to be proof of stake. It's not proof of stake because if the master nodes do not carry out some activities, they will not be paid. So proof of stake is a system in which I just don't take my coins. I mean, I do not move it, and I get paid some coins for a period of time as I bid. But it's a system in which, for instance, the features of that, like private sense, instant sense, I mean, chain locks, these things are enabled by the master nodes. So the master nodes carry out lots of activities, and they get paid for those activities that they are carrying out. Now, master node was not even um, invented yet, as of when Dash was launched. And a whole lot of those coins have been dumped in exchanges. I mean, we're talking of um, daily 20%. Lots and lots of those coins have been dumped in exchanges all through those periods. So um, people who actually keep on pushing the whole instant mining thing and keep saying falsely, that the dash is free mind actually people that missed out on it. I mean, the people who missed out on it. We've seen um, so many coins that do not even have the circulation that dash has, and nobody thinks they are um, centralized. I did an analysis, which I could send to you after now, of quite a number of coins in the top 20. And I found out that, I mean, no coin was as decentralized in terms of distribution as dash. So why do people keep saying that Dash is centralized when I mean, it's almost the most decentralized coin in the top 20 by our analysis? It's the coin that has um, fewer coin supply with more people. I've never checked Litecoin and seen the supply of Litecoin or BNB or so many of these coins. So Dash was not mind. There's an instant mining which was caused by a bug which was off the um, level code base. And those are some reasons why Dash has to switch the code base over to Bitcoin. A couple of years. Yeah. So I'm moving on to, to the centralization issue and master nodes. If you've had a crowdload.io, it enables you to be a shared master node owner for as low as one dash. So if you want to be a part of a master node, if you cannot afford a thousand dash, you can be a part of it by owning a shared dash via crowdload.io. And you'll also be able to vote on community decisions and several others. Now, what the master node does for dash is that they help govern Dash as a decentralized autonomous organization. 
I mean, aside from Bitcoin, who's found out with no moon, that is the only coin that is decentralized. And with no single person calls or shots. And how do I put it to you? There is no CEO in Dash. So there's no single person who takes all the decisions. How are decisions taken? All decisions are subjected to a masterless vote. And also, we can't just allow anybody vote. It has to be people who have a stake in the game. It has to be people who have something to lose when everything goes out. That's just amazing because we don't see it split in the community. I mean, we have disagreements in the community, but we don't see a fork today like Bitcoin to Bitcoin Cash, and tomorrow it's Bitcoin to Satoshi Bitcoin and have Bitcoin Gold. Because everybody, everybody has a way of reaching consensus. But the master node layer and the satellite um, autonomous organization enables us to reach a consensus by putting every single thing to vote, including the salary of the core team. The core team are responsible for the um, development of the dashboard base and several other things. Even the salary is supposed to vote every single month. So, I mean, I don't see any centralization in there with no CEO, nobody to call the shots. Everybody has to come together, have conversations, submit proposals, get them voted on for people to carry out decisions based on the results of the proposals. Okay, I think I, I got most of what you're saying. Um, you're saying that the Instamine uh, was due to a bug in the code, and you're also saying that the master nodes have a job to do, and they also have to have a stake um, in the project. Um, and that, I think the, well, those were the biggest things that I got from what you were saying. What I would say is, um, like, there are two kinds of centralization. There's centralization because of how many people were able to hold a coin at its very beginning. Uh, so like proportion-wise, even if, yes, Dash is, has a lot of users, it still doesn't mean that the people who had access to it at the beginning don't have proportion-wise a much larger amount than other users, even if there are a lot more users of it than, say, comparing to other coins. Um, and then the thing with the master nodes, um, I do think that that's centralization in terms of you have to have a certain number of Dash in order to perform those functions that you were talking about. I think you said something like the private send, just the, the coin join, basically. However, I don't think Dash is that different from other cryptos in terms of that kind of centralization. So even though I mentioned the centralization thing, I, I, don't, I don't like press the issue because I think there are other cryptocurrencies that are also centralized in terms of proportion. Okay, okay, uh, okay, I have to. Okay, so I have to say. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, okay, so we have today um, roughly around 5,000 or slightly higher than 5,000 master nodes. So I'm actually saying that um, there's a lot of centralization in the sense that there are 5,000 master nodes. Or you're saying there's centralization because so many people, we have some cases of some people owning one. Some people owning more than one, and we have other cases of several people forming a pool to own one master node. So where exactly is the centralization? I mean, I to see that. I would love to be pointed to the centralization of Dash. Can you say that last bit again? Sorry. I would love to be pointed towards the centralization of Dash because Dash is the most decentralized in terms of coin holders. Well, I'm I'm saying that you need to have a certain number of coins. So, like in terms of wealth centralization, you have to be at a certain level of wealth in order to be a, a master node, and so that encourages you can you can collect the one dash. You can Sorry? join a pool of you can join a pool of master nodes. Like you can contribute for as less than one dash, and that's like okay. dash is about 90, and dash is about ninety dollars. For so for just ninety dollars, you could own one dash, and on the crowdnode.io. You could be a part of a master node. And you also have the right to vote on network decisions for just less than $90. So where is okay. centralization? So you're saying that, to just repeat what you said, you can join a pool if you have one Dash, which is about $90, and then you can also vote uh, just if you're a part of the Dash network. I don't think that takes away from what I'm saying about, like, joining a pool isn't the same as being your own master node. So yes, you can join a pool, so you can take part, but you still have a lot less than other people. And like, I know we're stuck on this centralization issue, but I, I already have been saying that I, I think that this is kind of negligible because there are tons of other cryptos 
especially the main ones that are centralized in this way in terms of the proportion of the supply be belonging to um, a small number of people. And I also think that's a bit inevitable because when a coin is first coming out, nobody cares about it. And so the people who care about it, um, who, who make it become more popular, are going to have more of it. Um, so I'm still think, saying what I said about, I do think that it is, uh, it requires wealth centralization in order to perform its privacy function for the masternodes, even though there, there are pools that is, like if you join a pool and you only contribute a little, you're only going to get back a little also. So yeah, there are, I'm sorry, you're talking, but I can't hear you. I think I see you saying something. No, no, go ahead. Maybe after you don't. Um, um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, I was just saying that centralization, there's centralization in my opinion in Dash, but I think that a lot of other coins have that as well. I think the more concerning thing uh, is the actual privacy technology itself, which there are like better, there is better privacy technology available now than CoinJoin. So, I would stress that that is something that I stress more. I think like the actual fungibility of a coin is the most important thing. And yeah, so I guess what would you have to say to say that? Okay, so um, Mr. James, who is an independent um, researcher on blockchain usability, and also carried a lot of research and writing um, on cryptocurrency in general. It's going to be. I'm coming up now to talk on the privacy technology. Okay. So um, you are, you are saying that Dash uses coin joining, which is actually um a weaker or a lesser form of privacy, which I do not agree to. So I'll be switching okay. back to him in a second. Just a second. Hello, I'm James. I am an independent researcher for cryptocurrencies. I have been involved in cryptocurrencies for some years now, and I often consult with individuals and groups who are looking to uh, make sense of the cryptocurrency uh, economy and market and, and things like this. And so I have been doing extensive research both online and in real life as well about cryptocurrency, how it's um, made, how it works, adoption. Uh, my background is in computers, information technology, programming, and, and this this uh, kind of thing, and I recognized early on, around 2011 or so, that cryptocurrencies had very much potential. So I've been spending most of my time now independently researching about this. Okay. Um, and then uh, I just heard a glimpse of what you were saying about uh, privacy, as in the technology being confused with the, the anonymity set. That's all I heard. So... Yes, I can hear. I can hear um, James. I heard him very well with that intro, intro just now. Um, and uh, I am saying that Dash, in terms of coin join, that's like one of the earliest implementations of fungibility for a cryptocurrency, but that there are better implementations now because for coin join, you can calculate the transaction amounts, um, which is has been fixed with other technologies like zero coin or ring ct um and i, I already kind of know what you're going to say but go ahead and say it and explain what the uh, anonymity set is also okay thank you for uh thank you for summarizing your position that that helps me to ground myself um and i would say in response that CoinJoin indeed is one of the first privacy implementations for cryptocurrencies, and it's still one of the best. Uh, Dash has been running its privacy uh, schematic for the last four or five years um, without interruption. And the reason why CoinJoin originally was considered to be a weak sort of privacy solution is because of the things that you mentioned with denominations and uh, centralization of the server uh, these things made it difficult for CoinJoin to be considered or taken seriously as a privacy solution. However, Dash's implementation of CoinJoin, if you will, is, is like the difference between the Wright Brothers airplane and a 737. Uh, 
you know, they're really not comparable. Because what Dash has done, it has taken all of the issues with CoinJoin. For example, the denominations. Um, it's technically true that Dash does not hide the amounts. But that's of no consequence because the denominations of your mixed funds are, are broken into common units. So that if someone were to look at the address or the, the private send transaction, all they would see is the common unit, 0 0.1, 0.01, 0.001 dash. I mean, that doesn't tell you anything. The whole problem and issue with having visible units of visible transaction amounts on the blockchain comes from the fact that that is a uniquely identifying number. Uh, 38 dash or 2.86 because it's very precise. So if you have any sort of metadata that is also trans uh, that's also linking that transaction to a specific address, IP address, etc., then that will cause a privacy leak. But with CoinJoin as implemented uh, 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 in Dash, that is not an issue again because the commonality of denominations obscures the total amount of your funds that has been private sent. And to speak to the anonymity set, this is why it's important to, to look at privacy coins from the perspective of the anonymity set, because it doesn't matter how you hide the link between, because understand what privacy coins are doing. They're trying to hide the link between a particular input with a set number of coins and, you know, the wallets that are associated, basically, so that you can't associate a particular amount of money to a particular person. And so, however you do that, it doesn't matter the, the, the method that you use. The question is, at the end, when people try to de-anonymize de you, when people try to, uh, uh, to disintermediate that process and pick out this transaction belongs to you, this address belongs to you. When that process happens, how many people are they going to have to go through before they find you? That's the question. All privacy coins have to answer that question. And so the anonymity set is the bare bones, the bare minimum that you need to understand the strength of different privacy coins. And Dash has the second highest. Zcash has the largest at 4 billion. Dash has the second highest at 43 million. Monero has the third at 11. I'm sorry, Zcoin has the third at 14,000. Oh, let me um, write Monero these down. Those numbers. You said 4 billion? That's 4.3 billion. That's for Zcash. 4.3 billion. Mm -hmm. And then you said, I don't remember, 43 million. And then 11 for Monero. Zcoin is 14,000. And Monero is 11. And Bitcoin Cash is 5. Okay. The way I understood uh, anonymity sets, it's, it's like the noise of all the other transactions. That, that's what I say. So the, the volume matters. That's how I understood it. In terms of actually having privacy, and it's that obs obscurity that gives you because even if you have, for example, a temporal analysis attack on your privacy coin, that attack will only works insofar as your anonymity set is small enough to make that attack viable. For example, in Monero. They have been attacked by temporal analysis, and Wired did an article about this. And the response from the lead developer was that, well, we need a larger anonymity set, basically. That was basically his answer. And that's the problem. Their anonymity set was only five. So if you have a bug that makes 45% of your transaction traceable, that means that five becomes 2.5 which means that there's only one other choice between your transaction and someone else's. So the larger your anonymity set is, the harder that attack becomes. So in order to accurately gauge different privacy coins, you have to compare what matters. A lot of people in the cryptocurrency uh, 
sphere, they're comparing things that do not matter. They're comparing the wrong thing. You have, when you're looking for privacy, coin, for example, you look at coin market cap. Coin market cap is, is bad information because they don't accurately display or take into account the, the difference in supplies between different coins. They don't take any blockchain data and matrix. It's all exchanges, which are centralized websites that have their own trades and databases that are not connected at all to the blockchains that they're representing the prices. So we're looking at bad information and making bad conclusions. And it, for a long time, it was the same way about privacy coins. What we need to discuss when we discuss privacy coins is the size of their actions hiding amongst at the base level, at the very bare minimum. Sorry, could and you just repeat that last that, bit? Could you, your, voice, sorry, uh, your, your voice kind of cuts out for a bit. Could you just repeat from when we're looking at privacy coins, we need to be looking at the anonymity sets and then continue because your, your voice went away. Sorry, I was, I was, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, I was saying that when we are looking at privacy coins and we are comparing them, we need to have a base level of their strength. Just like if you're comparing, you know, weightlifters or you're comparing power tools, you have, there's a certain number, a metric, you know, uh, rotations per minute, horsepower, whatever. Privacy coins have the same thing, and that is the size of their anonymity set, the number of other people among, among who you're hiding, that you have to say, oh, this is not that person, this is not that person. They, they have to manually check that. The more people you are hiding amongst, the harder that check becomes, the stronger your privacy becomes. It doesn't matter if you used encryption to get there, or steganography, which Dash uses. If you use encryption, but your anonymity set is only 11, then a temporal attack like has happened on Monero and which could happen on, say, a coin joint implementation that does not have um, master nodes to, to do the mixing in a decentralized fashion, then you can be vulnerable to those kind of attacks. And if your anonymity set is small, those attacks will make it smaller. So the question is, how large is your anonymity set? Is it large enough to protect you if your privacy schematic fails? Okay, so I hear you about anonymity sets. To me, as I'm listening to you speak, I'm thinking that you're talking about what happens in practice versus what happens in theory. However, it does sound like there could be better privacy tech that's not coin join, and I'm going to ask you to kind of go into the what Dash has fixed some more because I, I want to understand that more. Um, but it does sound like it's a question between the theory and the actual amount of users on the network because it, it sounds as if you could have better privacy technology and that that's what people say when they're like, well, this is better privacy than, than Dash. Um, that uses CoinJoin, even with the masternode uh, implementation of it. Um, however, if those coins don't actually have a large number of users and transactions on the network, then they're not providing more privacy in the moment, and it's more of a theory. So that's what I, I hear you saying, um, which is something that I would think about. And then um, also, can you go a bit more into um, how you, you just mentioned that Dash provides uh, privacy because the masternode implementation is decentralized um, or the, the coin join implementation is decentralized with the masternodes. But as I understand it, those just because the masternodes exist, that is a form of centralization, even though you have, I think um, Nathaniel said it was 5,000 of them. So can you just go a bit more into what, how Dash has solved the coin join issues? that you kind of briefly mentioned earlier. Okay, yes, I, I, I'd love to speak on that. Um, the, the, the idea that, for example, the master nodes are a point of centralization is actually incorrect. That's, uh, Dash has a lot of competition and they say things like this, but um, Dash has more full nodes than most other major cryptocurrencies. And in, in, in not, just, not just 
full nodes, master nodes. Bitcoin Cash has around 1,600 full nodes. Monero has, I, I don't know, 1,200. Litecoin has maybe 1,600. Uh, these numbers are not precise, but none of them have more than 2,000 full nodes. Dash has 5,000, roughly, master nodes. So uh, to, to consider... that as a person, is it fair to make that comparison when Dash has the only cryptocurrency with more nodes is Bitcoin, and it has about 10,000. So just in, from a centralization standpoint, uh, I think considering the master nodes to be centralized is not correct, especially seeing how uh, uh, data from initial um, periods of the Dash coin showed that Dash was heavily traded on exchanges for a very long time. It was very cheap, less than a dollar, and it was very cheap, and people were trading it back and forth. So what you, you can see is that if there is centralization in the master nodes, um, it wouldn't be more so than any other cryptocurrency. And the beautiful thing about the master node system is that uh, it's 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 done randomly. It's not it's not something that's um, for example, Bitcoin Cash has a version of CoinJoin implemented currently. It's called Cash Shuffle, and that's why they have uh, five because they are they have to fix the protocol at that number because it's too expensive or too difficult with the bandwidth. You know, they have to pay for that. It's not free. They have to host the servers that are doing the mixes and that are uh, communicating and finding participants. They have to, these servers have to be hosted, the client has to be run, and that's bandwidth and, and hosting costs, and the people have to pay this. So the master node being incentivized is not a point of centralization. It's in fact a point of decentralization because Dash's master node infrastructure is incentivized to run the private send infrastructure, which thus makes more people do it. And it increases the number of not only nodes that are selecting participants, but it allows them to implement things like randomization. The quorums that are selected to do uh, privates and mixes are randomly selected. You you can select which server by hand is used in Bitcoin Cash because there's only like five or six of them. So, you know, the master nodes are really a stroke of genius because they build upon the same economic incentives that Bitcoin was created around. The same game theory that, you know, 51% of tax can't be taken out, can't be uh, carried out easily because of the cost of buying up mining hardware and, and renting the majority hash power. Like, that's a difficult thing because of the ins economic incentives that it was designed with. Masternodes build on that same concept, and they bring the decentralization um, to the full node infrastructure, not just the minor infrastructure, but the full node infrastructure as well. So it's really an evolution on the concept, and that allows for Dash's private send version of CoinJoin to be like a jet engine compared to a airplane. I mean... The speed difference, for example, at Bitcoin Cash, I'm using it, and I like Bitcoin Cash. Um, I'm using their, them as a comparison because they have done CoinJoin at a wallet level, which is not the protocol level. Dash is at the protocol level, while Bitcoin Cash is at the wallet level. Um, just like Bitcoin Core with Wasabi's CoinJoin is also at the wallet level. But those are very good comparisons. What CoinJoin is or was and what private send is, the difference. You can see that with Cash Shuffle, the number of servers is limited, five. It's a hard fix, so you could attack those servers. You know who they are. The number of participants is fixed at five per, um, per shuffle. With Dash, you have three participants per round. The default is four rounds. So you have at least four to the third power for your anonymity set at the base level of mm -hmm. Dash's privacy. That's 6,000. Dash allows up to 16 rounds of mixing. And it allow, it's allowed to do this because by having the master node infrastructure, they are able to 
depend on that con consistent computing power to decentralize and make it what it was supposed to be originally, ideally. CoinJoin is hampered, but the masternodes are not run for free. They are paid, and so it is in their best interest to provide the network with the services at the highest level that they can. And that's why the Dash Core team was able to leverage their computing power in this way. Preventing attacks, centralization, preventing honeypots, right? It, there's, you would have to control a significant portion of the masternodes to run a successful honeypot. People like to talk about masternodes tracing transactions. Well, there's a graph that's been released. You would need to own 70% of the masternodes to trace 2% of the transactions. It's not feasible. So you can see, I think, from, and when you do the research to check what I'm saying is true, you know, we can share links at another time. But when you do the research, you will see that, wow, what he's saying is true. You can see that the effect of masternodes has not been centralization. It has not been, um, you know, any sort of negative. It's been the increasing power of the effect of coin join and instant transactions. Okay, uh, that was very, very educational. And yes, I'm, I, I am going to research, but I'm also going to consult with people that I know um, about what you're saying. And uh, although I definitely, uh, I guess I would say, agree with what you were saying about the anonymity sets, what you're saying about the masternodes and the centralization, it still seems to me that you're, just because you're, I, as a user, I'm sending my inputs to a server, even though there are 5,000 of them versus like the five with uh, Bcash, even though I'm doing that, that is more centralized, quote unquote, than if it were being done just with all the other possible transactions. If it were done through code, I guess is what I'm seeing, and not through having to go somewhere and have the inputs and outputs mixed. Um, even four to the third power, which is a lot, as you were saying, times, that seems more centralized than just my inputs being combined with other users' inputs without having to go to the server first. So I think that's what I understood the centralization of, just because there's a, a third party. Um, and then also centralization, which I think is totally normal in terms of crypto, um, as I said before, so maybe I shouldn't even bring it up, but just like the wealth, like you have more wealth to be a master node. But I think that's like all the crypto space, basically. Um, so I hear what you're saying, but it still seems to me like that is a, a form of centralization because of that, the use of the, the server. Well, I, to, to respond, I would agree with you in the sense that um, in comparison to Zcash, Dash's anonymity set, I wouldn't call it a centralist centralized by the masternodes, but I would agree with what you were, I would agree with your characterization that the, there are better, stronger privacy schemes. Um, it's, it's true that Dash is not the strongest, but it's important to also recognize where it does stand, where it is strong. CoinJoin is not the strongest. Zcash has a much, much larger anonymity set. So from a privacy perspective only, Zcash would be superior. And before Dash increased the default round from eight, the maximum, I'm sorry, the max default from eight to 16 this year, Dash's anonymity set was smaller. It was not as large as it is now. And that's actually another feature of the masternodes and private set and Dash's privacy implementation. Because with a simple protocol upgrade, Dash increased its its anonymity set, you know, over a hundred times. 
going from around Z coins, fourteen thousand. It, it was much. It was like forty six thousand. It's it's a power of two. I, you know, I haven't done the math in a while. I think it was thirty two thousand or somewhere around there. Whatever two to the power eight is, but. By simply making that protocol upgrade to two to the sixteen for the annuity set, it, it, it basically dramatically increased it. And so, um, all I would like to say about privacy coins, because Dash is not trying to be the major privacy coin, or privacy was just something that F and Duffield saw was missing in the original implementation of Bitcoin. He went to the developers of Bitcoin and. They rejected him, so he, he created Dash. But Dash has done other things, and the master nodes have allowed Dash to leapfrog most other cryptocurrencies. Like if you look at the bear market of 2018, Dash grew during that, and the reason is because of master nodes and what they allow us to do. The master nodes allow us the ability to fund our development. They allow us to fund adoption. They allow us to fund conferences in a decentralized way from the blockchain. Every month, six thousand or so Dash, which is you know roughly five thousand dollars now, I guess, is put out into the ecosystem. It's voted on. It goes not just to the miners who are important, but who are not the only important necessity for the networks to grow. This. 25% of the rock reward goes to the masternode owners and as you as you said this would in this has the effect of centralizing wealth a bit it does have the effect of being being more centralizing because you're paying people to run these nodes but the trade off that I, that the dash community is betting on and is willing to accept for that centralization for is that the master nodes will be able to provide the second layer services, the scalability, and the platform for future cryptocurrency innovations like the Evolution upgrade, which should be released this year, and will allow for things like um, human-readable usernames and passwords instead of long cryptographic hashes as you know, wallets and features, things that you can pay to oh, wow. uh, by just oh. inputting the username. That's, that happens because of the master nodes. In a decentralized way, they are able to replicate things like MySpace functionality, Facebook functionality, without compromising privacy, without uh, removing any of the decentralization that proof of work brings to and brought to us in 2009 with Satoshi's original release of Bitcoin. So the masternodes do, you are correct, they do add a, 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 an amount of centralization. And Dash is making the, the gamble that that centralization, that, that increase in centralization is worth it because of the privacy, the instant chainable transactions, and the decentralized funding and governance that masternodes allow us to undertake. Even now, Dash is down from its all-time high, over 90%. But we are still developing, we are still growing because our blockchain system is designed to incentivize adoption and investment. It automatically reinvests 45% of the block reward into our own ecosystem. And that is directed and guided in a decentralized way. As decentralized as has ever been done before by the masternode voters who vote every month on proposals. I agree that the masternodes add a layer of centralization, but Dash's privacy is pretty strong and it's been running successfully for years with barely any i don't think there's ever been any time where they've shut that private set off i think there was a bug with instant send that they had to shut off about two years ago or a year and a half but private send had always been working and as a privacy coin that's that's a pretty that's a you know five four years is a long time in crypto 
a lot changes. You know, Zcash didn't exist four years ago. Yeah, four years ago, 2015, Zcash wasn't around four years ago. So a lot of coins weren't even around four years ago. So Dash has managed to keep up with all of them. If you're judging it by the strength of privacy coins, which is anonymity set size, Dash has managed to hang with the new kids on the block. And that's why I say that we should be careful about you know new privacy schemas, not necessarily, you know, just because, but a lot of times, especially with the crypt encryption, new stuff is very untested. Mm-hmm. I believe Pivx recently had to shut down their privacy, and there was a, there was a bug that was undisclosed or undiscovered. It, these things, these things happen, and newer is not always better, especially in security. In security, we like old things because old things have been proven to work. And in that sense, I say that Dash may not be the best privacy coin, but if you need privacy, if you want to obscure your transaction history, if you want to return financial privacy to your uh, online funds, then Dash is one of the cheapest. The mass, the private sender is not expensive at all. Uh, it's, I believe it's it's right now 0.001 dash. It's, it's less than a cent, or yeah, it's definitely less than a cent. So it's not expensive. It doesn't take a long time. It's done passively in the background. So you mix, you go have a coffee, or you go you know take a walk or something, and you come back, and your pri- your funds are privately mixed for you to send whenever. Um, there's no restrictions on that. You can use instant send with them as well. So. I agree that there are superior privacy schemes out there, but in my opinion, for the overall experience, instant transactions, the possibility of upgradability with the evolution release, and also the long-term inclusion of privacy features successfully for years, I think Dash has a very good shot at being the one of the best overall. Yeah, um, yeah, well, I guess I would yeah, say I agree uh, with what you just, oh, I'm hearing my, yeah. my feedback, actually, if you could maybe turn that down a bit um, while I'm talking, because I'm hearing my words come back to me. I agree with what you were just saying, um, and uh, yeah, like I said, it seems to be theory versus actual be, actually being used in terms, of, in terms of the anonymity set, and uh, what you said about security being important and privacy schemas as you call them being having been tested and used that's also important um and the funding thing i think that's good for dash Uh, it's uh smart in terms of strategy going forward for our project um and something that i I said already to nathaniel that i really admire is the whole adoption because i'm usually speaking to people in the crypto space who are very technical very smart and they're focused more on um like creating the best adoption. that's really sorry go ahead, sorry, go ahead. that's really where uh, my heart lies with dash because dash works very closely with multiple teams all over the globe um in haiti in nigeria in ghana uh, in thailand in in uh, venezuela Colombia, there's there's so many people who see the benefits of Dash and say to themselves, well, I need so, I need something with instant transactions. I'm, I don't want to wait in line, you know, a minute or two minutes for my confirmation. I need something I can use now at the point of sale. I need something that is secure uh, and that I know that if someone looks at this address on a block explorer, you're not going to see my total balance. But if this is what... Uh, this is what attracts a lot of people to Dash, seeing the actual usability. People that I talk to in this space are very technical and not at all, in my opinion, in my very strong opinion, focused enough on having people use a coin. What James was just describing about having, hopefully, usernames instead of hashes um, and wallet addresses, I think that's a great idea and that's that's going to change things significantly and that kind of focus on the simple usability like for the people who don't understand 
what's going on in the background, I, I think, is what a lot of the crypto space uh, needs to focus on. So I kind of think that this conversation went very well in terms of um, me kind of learning what, what the perspective is behind people who are so into Dash as a privacy coin and understanding that, you know, like the thing with the anonymity set was very important and also how long Dash has been around and understanding that, yes, it might not have the best like privacy schema, but it, it's very strong and other things, I think. Uh, it's very insightful for, insightful for me and for anybody else who might listen to the conversation. It sounds like James came back. Hi, yeah, sorry, my call dropped. Yes, the, that is definitely one of the, the problems with cryptocurrency is that it's so technically involved. There's just so much to learn. I mean, even I've been doing this for years and every day I still learn new things. So, you know, you can't expect everyone to do that when they want to use their money. Mm -hmm. And... So you're right, focusing on usability and focusing on common users, everyday users who don't want to have to learn how to code just to, you know, buy something. That is very important for uh, cryptocurrency to focus on. And it was interesting seeing Particle. I, I don't know, know much about Particle, but having, you know, perused your book, I noticed that Particle doesn't have a, a token. And they seem to work with, you know, multiple tokens, multiple trend currencies. It's just, no, it, know, it, it, has a, it has a token. Maybe it wasn't clear from what, what I said, but it has its own token, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I probably need to do more research about Particle. Mm -hmm. But I did like the openness of the, because I, I did install the, uh, the main the mainnet uh, application, and I did, like the, I did like the openness with which they were willing to, it seems, accept other coins. No, the, the project wants to be like crypto agnostic is what they say. Um, so there are definitely people who like think particularly is the best, da, 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 but officially the project does have a stance of trying to be open towards um, other projects because we, we want people, especially with the marketplace, to like come be able eventually because that will take time to come and use their own um, coins on it. Um, maybe in some ways the project should be more adversarial, but it's definitely not. <laughs> So, yeah. There's always people in the community who feel that way, and sometimes they're right. You know, it's it's always you you always have to evaluate each each argument at on its own merits because sometimes they're right. Sometimes a community can be too uh, pensive and too laid back and too you know not aggressive enough when it comes to adoption or improvements but at other times it could be the complete opposite so it really you really do have to play it by ear mm -hmm. uh, i unless there's something else specifically you wanted to talk about i think we've kind of gotten into what we i thought we would be discussing at least it was very educational for me i see why i told you that you i mean the, we need to switch more on privacy because a lot of people just go out there with what they've seen on the blog, with what they've read on other platforms. And like I said, a lot of people are actually very much biased. So everyone will actually want to promote um, their own interests. Mm -hmm. But we need to look at all this, and aside from the theory, we need to look at it in a, in a practical application. And while you might argue that um, there are some other coins that still um, are, private, are privacy coins, so why should you? Okay, so how many of those coins have privacy and at the same time have instances? And how many of them have private coins, have instant transactions, and have low fees? And how many of them also have global adoption in where they are much more needed? I mean, we are absolutely, like he told you, I mean, Dash is down over 90% from ACH. And we still have, I mean, we had bread on the call a few weeks back, and you have it also on the call today. And we're doing this not just here, we're doing this on the ground also. So we need to actually check on which coin is actually fulfilling all these criteria. Um, cryptocurrency will not replace fiat until we get to the level of usability. I mean, a lot of people are shouting, okay, we need to get, and that's why that has something called evolution. And that's what he was explaining to you. And evolution is going to do, hey, way, way more than that. With evolution, I will be able to send that to someone on my contact. So I'm going to be able to send that from my wallet to someone on my contact. I'm going to be having the Dash guide. Um, it's going to be a decentralized storage in which you can store your data in a decentralized way. And we need to get all the, I mean, 
there still has to be a lot more development. There still has to be a lot more work in terms of usability. And none of these coins are actually working towards it. And that's why I think that um, market cap is actually false. I, I consider it false because I checked through the top 20 coins and there are even some coins that have almost no development. So what are they doing in the top 10? I know, yeah, that I know. I have an issue with that too. It's, it's a bit ridiculous. It's just like techie people patting themselves on the back all the time, basically. Sorry, <laughs> that probably offends someone, but yeah, I have an issue with that too. Like there are coins out there that aren't really doing anything and they're just riding the waves of the past and of people. Um, I don't think it's bad to be interested in having the token that you already own becoming more popular, but they're not pushing the usability and the adoption as well while they're doing that, which I, I have an issue with personally. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have any other questions um, around Dash use, around Dash adoption, I mean, globally, you could throw it at me right now. Yeah, I guess you could just talk about what Dash is doing to facilitate uh, adoption around the world. And you see, Dash adoption around the world is actually one of the most interesting aspects of our decentralization. Because, I mean, um, we're 5% of nearly mined coins go to the miners, and 5% of the master node owners, and 10% goes to the treasury of the decentralized autonomous organization. So every month, several VSOs, dash funded organizations, um, come up with plans and submit and proposals to the Treasury, of which um, it's, voted on, it's voted on the master owners and, I mean, funds are dispersed straight from the mine currency, I mean, straight from the block straight to um, the proposal owners, without any demand interfering into it. And this enables us to have adoption all over the world. So there's a dash team in the Caribbean, specifically in Haiti, and I'm going to be I'm putting in touch with them immediately after this call. I'm sorry I've not done that yet. And we have dash teams in the US, in the UK, we have dash teams in Venezuela. And Venezuela is the place that is having the highest adoption of dash globally. So we're having the highest adoption in Venezuela. And I mean, everyone knows what's going on in Venezuela. The currency has lost almost all its value, and people are suffering. People really need um, cryptocurrency. And dash, I mean, just notice, and that's one of the best use cases for Dash, because Dash has almost no fees, so little fees that people could use. And there's something called the Dash Text Wallet that enables you to send Dash um, across um, feature phones. So you don't need the internet, you don't need to download an app. I mean, with just the Dash Text, you can send Dash over SMS in Venezuela and so many other countries. Mm -hmm. Dash is being used most in Venezuela. We also have um, a whole lot of users also in Colombia, um, we have um, in Germany, in Thailand, in Turkey, and in Africa, we have um, users in Nigeria, Ghana, Kenya, but um, Nigeria being um, quite prominent due to population and some other features. So we, we have different Dash-funded organizations promoting Dash all over the world. And that's very exciting because no central organization can do this at the same time. So there are several organizations scattered all around the world promoting this because we need to teach people, we need to get people to understand this. And one of the things that we've done in Dash Media is to be able to produce uh, highly technical videos in a non-technical way, in Pidgin English. So if you check our YouTube channel, Dash Nigeria, you can watch Dash Nigeria videos, you can learn about Dash, blockchain, and cryptocurrency in Pidgin English in such a way that you really, really want to learn. Because we, also, we have to get out of this techie language. We have to get out of this nerd language. I mean, the, the, the woman in the marketplace doesn't want to know what CoinJoin is. She doesn't want to know how many ones are mixing. All they just want to do is they just want to spend it. They just want to know how, you, how easy the user experience is. Mm -hmm. That's what all those things are doing. So there's a team in Nigeria, Nigeria and a team in Venezuela is doing that in Venezuela. Yeah, and that is, that is uh, as of today, I strongly say, due to the metrics we've seen, that Dash is the most used coin for daily transactions. And you can see that you can check on Travala and BT Freel and so many other of such platforms that publish their data. You can always find Dash among the top three. I mean, top three most used there, top three most used there. And these are not just ways that are doing arbitrage and exchanges. These are people using it where it's most needed. I mean, one thing that makes currency is how many people are able to accept it. I mean, we have in countries like Venezuela in which people no longer accept their coins. I mean, it has no value. So while people keep on pushing different coins and different tokens in the market and into exchanges, if people are not accepting it for payment, if people are not willing to leave off it, they are far, far away from adoption. And that's it.
Yeah, uh, I mean, I would say to any other projects out there that in terms of this whole adoption thing, I wish that they would have the same mindset that Dash has in terms of people actually using the currency. Uh, I would really like to see that happen um, within the crypto space. I think that we should end the conversation um, and unless there was anything else that you wanted to say or ask. Because um, I, I think we've spoken a bit and I definitely have greater understanding now um, of, uh, like I was saying earlier, why people like Dash um, and what's strong about it. So if you want, you can say any last words, but I'd like to wrap up the conversation. I mean, so we've already decided that we're no longer going with Fiat. And Dash happens to be the best alternative for us. So Dash happens to all of us. I mean, Dash found us. So we use Dash because it's simpler for us. It's better for us. It has adoption. It has basically the the reasons that made us leave the centralized world. I mean, the reason that made us leave Fiat and everything is a digital currency that really wants to be cash. And um, if you don't know, the full meaning of Dash is actually digital cash. So for anybody right there who wants to use digital cash, go get Dash. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you um, for talking to me and also bringing James on to explain all those things to me. Okay, um, thanks everyone who's watching or listening. Thanks for watching. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Again, I'm talking to Nathaniel Luce from Dash Nigeria. And I know that we learned a lot today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like my content, please subscribe and come watch again in the future. Leave a comment, tell me what you think and have a good day. Bye.